chop squirrels. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. My first story is health news. This comes from CTV News. I don't know what that is. I think it's a Canada thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, teen went partially blind after eating only Pringles, fries, ham, and sausage. I saw this headline. <laughs> yeah. I saw it all over the place, and yikes. Um, very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, didn't realize this was a thing. Uh, a teenager in the United Kingdom described as a, quote, fussy eater, partially lost his vision due to a strict diet of Pringles, French fries, white bread, processed ham, and sausage. Which doesn't even sound like a very good... It, it's... Ugh. Like, there's some good stuff in there, but just all the time? I don't think so. Mostly no. the French fries. Um, a case study published Monday in the journal Annals of Internal Medicine shows the boy suffered from nutritional optic neuropathy, which is, there's apparently a name for this, which is a dysfunction okay. of the optic nerve caused by a diet low in nutrients required for nerve fibers in the eye to function. And the condition can lead to permanent vision loss if left untreated. Uh, yeah. So, so the fibers in his eyes didn't have enough nutrients i guess you need certain things maybe you need vitamin a don't they say vitamin a is good for the eyes i don't think there's any vitamin maybe. a in what he was eating i don't know uh researchers at the bristol <laughs> eye hospital in the uk said the boy first visited his family doctor as a 14 year old with a normal body mass index but complained of tiredness uh, a year later he had developed hearing loss and symptoms related to his vision but doctors could not determine the cause <laughs> By age 17, the boy visited the Bristol Eye Hospital with serious vision loss. Uh, they investigated and found the boy suffered um, several bone, vitamin, and mineral deficiencies. Uh, wow. And uh, that was when the teenager admitted to avoiding foods with certain textures since elementary school. But he also <laughs> said he only ate French fries, Pringles, white bread, processed ham, and sausage. He's avoiding most textures, yeah. I, Textures, <laughs> yeah, then, I would say. that's... <laughs> That's a lot of textures. You're, you're missing a lot. Uh, by the time doctors had completed the diagnosis, he had suffered permanent vision, vision loss. Oh. I mean, it, it would just—it had been too long that he had been depriving his body of the nutrition that it needs. Um, so, though nutritional opti- nutritional optic neuropathy is rare in developed countries, the University of Iowa documented a case in which a 28 year old man's diet consisted almost entirely of 1.9 liters of vodka per day. Which led to similar vision problems. What? So that was most of his diet was vodka. How did he not like die? die? I don't know. I guess there's like caloric, like there's there's calories to vodka, but it's there just, is. Yeah, it's not water. This looks okay. like it. Okay. But oh, I guess oh it's enough to sustain you for. I I mean, they didn't say how long he was doing that necessarily. I mean, he obviously wasn't doing that from childhood. Yeah, Hopefully. But, um, but, yeah, apparently you can survive for a while on mostly vodka and, I mean, and then lose vision. So, so did the article say anything about the, this kid, like, why he avoided the stuff? I mean, I'm just sounded just like he was a curious picky eater. if, like, if he had, like, OCD or something, like, you know, that he, like, it was like this really strong aversion or if he just was like, no, I don't really want to eat that. And it, his 
family just, just didn't didn't make him eat anything make him else. Yeah. eat nutritional foods. I don't know. I, they didn't <laughs> like, say anything. Like they didn't say there was any kind of mental health problem or anything. Hmm. As far as I mean, as far as they knew, they curious. did. They did say that this is classi- uh, technically classified as an eating disorder. Like, oh, because well. you're not uh, getting sufficient nutrition. But hmm. uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't. That's, I don't know how just... he. I, honestly, I don't know how he managed to not have more health problems with that being the only stuff he was yeah. putting in his body. Pringles, yeah, Pringles. Not I mean, a lot like, of not a lot of nutritional value in a Pringle. Aren't they just like compressed potato? It's, it's pretty byproduct. Yeah, or something, it's like, like compressed weird. potato dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they taste really good, but yeah, they're not. No, I, I love they're a Pringle, real, but they're not, not real food. It's not what a. Are they? It's not a meal. <laughs> it's not a meal at all. Barely a wow. snack. Okay, my first story is also health news. Getting healthy. This is from The Independent. A new treatment for acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL, previously considered incurable, has been hailed by experts after it left patients without a trace of the disease. Wow. So it basically cured the disease in a subset of patients in trial. So Super it, exciting. We cured cancer. We did it. Hooray. It's done. We don't yeah. need anything. No, oh. more, no more cancer. Um, patients in a recent trial were treated with a fast-acting version of CAR-T immune therapy in which the body's immune system is used against the malignant cells. In this treatment, the patient's own immune cells are genetically modified and then used to target the cancer. During the trial, 14 patients with a previously incurable strain of ALL were given the immune therapy and 12 of them saw the disease cleared after three months. Five of those patients remain leukemia-free at this time. It hasn't recurred at all. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, The article also noted that although the disease was considered incurable, the survival rate is about 90%, I guess, due to effective therapies that they have available for it. So, like, there's still treatments for it. It's just not, like, curative treatments necessarily. Okay. So they can treat it for a long time. That's what it sounded like. It didn't go into a lot of detail, but that's what was implied. And then... um, they said that, that this disease affects about 400 children in the UK every year. And then I did some research about the US, um, and there were about 5,900 cases reported in 2019. So even though it's not very common compared to other types of cancers, there's still a lot of people, and many of them are children, that mm-hmm. have this um, leukemia. So it's super exciting and promising. So it was yeah. just one trial where they did this, but right. it's... I, yeah. I mean- Every that's a pretty major step forward for yes. getting us to a place where we can hopefully, I mean, cure a lot more people. Right. Which yeah, is really so. cool. It's super exciting. Yeah. And I also know that um, like this kind of cancer therapy, like immune system based therapy is, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a, a trend in medical research right now <laughs> where they're looking at that um, for lots of different types of cancers. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty sweet, actually. Like yeah. you just, you, just because you can like train your own body's cells to like fight it off. Because normally, I mean, the reason that cancer cells proliferate and stuff is because they know how to kind of like hide from your body's immune system. And right, it the body get, just thinks they're they're normal, normal even though they're not. Cells, yeah, yeah. So this is like ways to kind of alert your body, like, hey, this isn't actually normal. And hey, like, by the way, and then your body can do its normal thing with the point of your immune system and like clear out like the stuff that isn't which is cool because that means you're not like 
radiating anyone. Yeah, yeah it's not like radiation. <laughs> it's even, there's no. Is it is it like drugs or like? Um, I don't think it's a drug. I think they take your immune. They it's like an injection mm-hmm. of either your own immune cells that have been edited somehow, or some type of like. I don't know. There's different like enzymes and stuff that they can do that are like inhibitors of certain things. Like, okay. but it's not. It's like an injection. It's not um, like a drug, really. So it's almost like a, it's like an all natural approach to cancer cure. It's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what is <It> natural? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other philosophical. Hundred percent organic. It's gluten free. It's <laughs> it's yeah. It's, um, it's gluten dairy. It's uh, egg free and. There's no wheat. Yeah. You can, you can <laughs> get it at your local Whole Foods mm-hmm. in the produce section. Um, the one thing that I do know, this wasn't in the article at all. The one thing I just happen to know about these types of therapies is that they're super expensive right now mm. because they're still in their early stages of existing. And like, right. there's a lot of, it's, it's like personalized kind of stuff and it's tailored towards you and stuff. Oh, and so okay. like, they're really, really expensive. So that's like kind of a negative of it right now, but um, well. It's, presumably yeah. as we do it more, we'll be able to figure out how to yep. generally do it. And that cost will hopefully come down. Yeah, exactly. So super exciting. Very cool. My next story is animal news. <laughs> this is from NPR. Squirrels eavesdrop on birds. Researchers say <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess the important thing is to get more uh, specific than that. Uh, Squirrels eavesdrop on the casual chit-chat of birds to figure out when it's safe enough to be out in the open and foraging for food, according to researchers in findings described in the journal PLOS-1, or I think PLOS-1, I don't know if it's actually pronounced. Oh, yeah, we've definitely talked. We've definitely referred to things from that yeah. journal before. Um, uh, while other researchers have focused on how animals tune into other species for warnings of danger, this team focused on whether animals also watch their neighbors for signs of safety. Uh, the experiment was carried out by playing the cry of a hawk near an unsuspecting squirrel, <laughs> uh, followed by either several minutes of casual bird talk that had been recorded around a bird feeder or several minutes of silence that was recorded around the same feeder at night. Uh, using a special app created for the experiment, they logged the amount of time that the squirrel spent either freezing, foraging, fleeing, resting, or standing. And they also recorded whenever the squirrel looked up at the sky. <laughs> Okay. So basically torturing squirrels. Uh, Once the data had been collected and analyzed, it was obvious that hearing pleasant, relaxed bird chatter made the squirrels resume foraging more quickly. So they believe that the squirrels are listening for birds to be in like a relaxed state before they like themselves will calm down and then, and then get back to whatever they were doing before. So they look for warning signs. They look, yeah. From the birds. They look for safety signs from the birds. Safety signs from the birds. Yes. For some reason, as soon as you said the call of a hawk, I was like distracted by like what that would be like. I don't know why, but it was just so. It would like, be like this. <laughs> I think something like that. <laughs> I think. Thank you. I think that for one, that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, and then the bird sound would be kind of like, I, I, yes, you know, that's what birds the sound famous, like, right? the famous sound of, of, of the birds, twiddly, twiddly, doo, twiddly, doo, doo, doo. 
So, okay, but okay, really getting back to this, this, this actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, actually, yeah. I think, but I feel like birds are sort of the like warning system of the forest. You yeah, know they're what I mean? kind of like, like they, an alarm system. Yeah. Like if they go quiet, you might suspect something's going on or. Right. I, I bet squirrels aren't the only animals that do this. I, I agree. I yeah. also suspect that other animals tune into like what's happening with the birds, like deer, mm-hmm. like other woodland creatures. Like yeah. they probably do because birds can just see things that you can't see if you're on the ground. Yep. So it makes sense. Yeah. I've actually had, um, when I was walking my dog one time, uh-huh. actually this happens more than once. There's blue jays in the neighborhood and they'll like alarm call. Like they they'll land a in a tree. Yeah. Like they'll land in a tree. Like when I'm walking the dog and like when you pass by under, they just start going like, rah, 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 like really loud. And like, I noticed it one day and I'm like, why is that bird doing that? And I was like, Oh, I bet it's because like there's this big dog. It's a right giant here. animal. Yeah. That's really and then cool. I noticed it. Blue Jays, the warning, the warning system mm-hmm. of the skies. And yeah. also well, the other birds are also that probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My next story is AI news. <laughs> And this is from Forbes. A Hong Kong-based company in Silico Medicine published research on Monday showing that its deep learning system could identify potential treatments for fibrosis. So this is also a story about new so treatments. So we're, we're basically we're curing all the diseases. Yep. Uh, that system, called a Generative Tensorial Reinforcement Learning System, or Gentural... <laughs> <laughs> for short they tried it's just like consonants in a word so it's kind of hard to <laughs> there's an e in it i guess there's an e okay gentral uh it was able to find six uh potential treatments for fibrosis in just 21 days and one of those has already showed promising results in an experiment involving mice hmm. so the current paper has its origin in a challenge posed to the company by its colleagues in the chemistry world. They asked the company to use the AI system to develop potential drugs that can inhibit discoidin domain receptor 1, or DDR1, activity. Um, and that's an enzyme that is involved in fibrosis. And though it's not yet clear if it regulates um, cer- certain processes, inhibiting its activity is being investigated as a possible therapy for fibrosis already in other research. Okay. Um, so this challenge that was posed was based on recently published research from a different team at another company, which had taken about eight years to identify some promising DDR1 inhibitors using traditional research methods. So they had come up with some, Mm -hmm. it took them eight years. They were like, Hey, do you try See if your system can like do this also basically. Um, So they did, Um, they used the system to design some new drug candidates, which were then synthesized. And the leading one was, successfully tested in the mice and the total time to do that whole process to come up with options, um, synthesize the like chemical that they needed and then test it in the mouse was 46 days. Oh wow. For the whole thing. That's rapid. I know <laughs> it's like super rapid prototyping. It's the power um, of teamwork. So yeah, so it was a handful of weeks and approximately $150,000 to do that new test method. Wow. Whereas the original method was over eight years and millions of dollars. I was going to say to that's to also. Point. I was going to say that's also really cheap for. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's awesome. So it's kind of showing. It's like a proof of concept that like that step of drug development research could be more automated. Um, but that's you know that's just like the first step in the whole pathway of like getting a drug to market. You still have to 
you know, do all these trials and spend a, a lot of money on that investigation. And that just by its nature is going to take many years, like, cause right. you have to, you know, test in humans and do controlled, um, you know, at trials, et cetera. But, um, yeah. So if this just, if this one step though can be quickened, it's still a big deal. I so. mean, at that point when it's that fast and that cheap, you can probably try a lot more things more quickly yeah, and it's exactly. less of a like sunk cost if you, if it's, if it doesn't come through like exactly. Yeah. So it should encourage people to be like more like bold and like try new things. And, yeah. Ah, Let's try use all these things. To do everything. And then, and then, well, and they're testing it in mice, which I'm not, you know, an expert in or anything, but I'm pretty sure it is just kind of fast by its nature because mice like reproduce quickly and mm-hmm. like those they trials are a little like a shorter lifespan. And stuff mm-hmm. too, so. so, yeah, and that is the like gateway into human trials is to like if you're successful in mice, basically. So mm-hmm. the faster you can like do that because we're basically big mice. Basically, yeah, yeah. We just don't have a tail. Yep, that's it. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, so one more thing: <laughs> the research has been published in Nature Biotechnology, and the code for the model is on GitHub. Oh. They put it up there. So it's like so they're open sourcing it and everything. Yeah. Wow. Which is sweet. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go cure some diseases. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Forget the podcast. We need to yeah. work all our time. I'll be right back. This. <laughs> okay, I've cured everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My last story is random local news. This is from the New York Post. Maid of Honor wears T-Rex costume after being told she could wear, quote, anything. (laughs) Okay, that's amazing. (laughs) This is a real short one. Uh, A Nebraska Maid of Honor showed up to her sister's wedding dressed as a dinosaur after the bridal party was given free reign over what they wanted to wear. A photo she shared, which shows her towering over the bridal party in the costume. It's one of those like inflatable T-Rex costumes uh, oh, I'm sure yeah. you've seen. Uh-huh. Um, so she's much taller than everyone else there in this costume. Uh, it's gone viral and has more than 35,000 shares on social media and probably way more since then. Uh, the bride was seemingly not bothered, saying, My sister is awesome, and I genuinely was not kidding when I said she could wear whatever she wanted. So okay. she's like fine with it. I'm going to show you yeah, a picture, obviously. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, I was just going to say that, like, hopefully the bride was okay with it. Because I think if if you did that... If the, the bride, bride was, was upset, not okay with it, then And then, then you, be... like, made... You, like, drew all this attention to you. That would be kind of selfish and not a nice thing to do yeah. for, at someone's wedding. But if the bride was okay with it, then that's hilarious. Wait, can you even see her face in there? Or is it no. Just... <laughs> <laughs> No, she's totally obscured by the costume. <laughs> that is, I that hi- is. I highly wow. recommend watching the video that goes with this article because it is, is very good. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. All right, my third story is also random local news. <laughs> this is from Huff Post, and basically, I just brought this because. I liked the headline. That's fair. Man cooks pork chop that resembles Freddie Mercury, then eats it. (laughs) 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 
Why? Isn't that a great why headline? Is that on, why is that on any news publication? Isn't that just a great headline? I'm like, I have to click this. I have to look at this. How what? I mean, I guess tell the story. But I'm curious about how it was. Great way to get on the news. Like, make some food that looks like someone. Um, Derek Sims was cooking dinner for himself and his wife. When he suddenly looked at the chop frying in the pan and saw an image of Queen's lead singer staring him in the face. I've never seen anything like it, the 47-year-old engineer told a British news agency. I've cooked a lot of things and lived a lot of years, but I've never <laughs> seen my food resemble a celebrity before. Sims and his wife Donna took photos of the pork chop and then ate it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess just to clarify that they didn't preserve it somewhere, frame did, it, hang no, it on the No, they wall. didn't do any preservation other than taking photos and I guess alerting a news agency. <laughs> I don't know how the news agency found out about it. I, I don't know. They probably posted it on social media and then it started going viral yeah, somewhere or something. Probably something like that. Uh, while some say seeing an iconic singer's face in your dinner is a miracle, science attributes it, attributes it to... Pareidolia. I cannot not pronounce this word. Oh, I think per, I know. Pareidolia. <laughs> I still can't say it. I think pareidolia. I know what Yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think I said it wrong five times. That's fine. It was three times. Two times. Then you got it right. Okay. It's fine. No, he's counting. Me, I'm counting. That thing is the human tendency to see patterns in randomness. Yes. So... Uh, researchers say the human brain is wired to look for familiarity and meaning and even the most abstract squiggles. So, Like pork chops. Yeah, which is why we see faces and things that aren't really faces. Yeah. But it does look like him. Uh, yeah, Ready? please, I want to see. Um, uh, I uh, you, don't, you don't see a man with a mustache? Not really. Really? I see, yeah, like I see, like, the where, eye, yeah, the I see mustache, the eye, the ear. Oh, I'm looking, okay. Okay, yeah, now I see it. I, I, I was looking at, I was seeing something looking to the right that looks just kind of like a scary monster. But if you look, if you. <laughs> oh, wait, is it? Were you so that was the, uh, yeah, I was seeing that as, like, the other eye. It's oh, fine. Oh, no, this, it's just like a side, it's like a side yeah, view. Yeah, no, I see it, I see it. Though I, I would also argue it, it kind of looks like Thomas Edison. Or anyone with a mustache. Did Thomas Edison yeah. have a mustache? Maybe I'm thinking of Nikola Tesla. They probably both had a mustache. They probably. It, was, it looks like a generic man with a mustache and a hairline that looks like this. Yes. Which, again, could I be feel many like people. could be like many people. Yeah. It's yeah. Fine. I'm glad they just ate it. They just ate it. <laughs> that was the end of it. I mean, I think they probably could have sold it on eBay for like... $500 or something, personally. Probably. That's why I'm glad they just ate it, because I don't think they deserved that money. Well, if... Okay, philosophical question. If uh-huh. someone is willing to pay them that money, why don't they deserve the money? Hmm. Fair point. I have no strong argument. It's all about, <laughs> it's all about supply and demand. <laughs> <laughs> and the supply of Freddie Mercury in a pork chop is very low. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So any demand so, whatsoever. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I guess that's my le- lesson in capitalism today. <laughs> All right. It's time for breaking news. 
part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. And another one bites the pork chop. Ready, set, go! Go! Found this. 978 students perform floss dance for Guinness World Record. Wait, what is that again? It's the one where you do like the thing with your arms and like they go back and forth. Uh, oh. Like, like you're flossing. Wait, 900 and something people? 978 students did, the, uh, <laughs> did this dance. It was a British school um, called Montgomery Academy in the, uh, oh boy, Bis- Bisfam area of Blackpool, England. Sure. Uh, so 978 students came together to perform the, the viral dance move, which they note is popularized or was popularized by the video game Fortnite, though I kind of assumed it was from the flossing kid. Oh, um, yeah. The, the backpack kid on, in, I think it was Katy Perry's SNL performance. Uh, the previous <laughs> record, which apparently there was, uh, was 792 dancers. So they just edged them out. By wow. About, well, 100. <laughs> Mental math is <laughs> hard. The main reason I wanted to share this story is because of the name of the principal. Uh, okay. I'm just going to read a quote from him. In the week leading up to the attempt, both staff and pupils put lots of work in to get their flossing up to scratch. If you think it's easy, then give it a try. Principal Steve Careless <laughs> told the Blackpool Gazette. And that, na- that name is made even better by him saying, we are proud we have lived up to our school motto of inspiring excellence together. <laughs> sure you did, Steve Careless. <laughs> That's an unfortunate name yeah, it's really for, for anyone. any job where you have to care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. If you, Fun times. If you want to beat that record, you're going to you're gonna have to get 1,000 people together. Yeah. Or at least 979. Good luck. Good luck. You can do it if you believe in yourself. And we believe in you. Mm-hmm. Well, I found something on UPI. This is really random, but uh, <laughs> there is a, a mini horse and a goose up for adoption, but as a package deal, you have to adopt them together. Okay. It's not a mini goose, just to be clear. No, it's a regular goose and a, and a mini, mini horse. horse. Um. A Pennsylvania animal shelter uh, said a miniature horse up for adoption will only be given to a home that will also accept his best friend, a goose. Aww. The the miniature horse is named Waffles. Aww. That's a great name for anything. I know. And the goose is named Hemingway. (laughs) It's also a pretty great name. Um. Yes, these animals were removed from a farm where their living conditions were found to be substandard and they're best friends and they don't want to be separated. So if you are looking at adopting some animals... Um, <laughs> some unlikely can, uh, animal friends. You can contact uh, this shelter in Pennsylvania. All right. And, uh, I'll get right on that. Here's a, here's a photo of uh, Waffles and Hemingway. Oh, that goose is almost as tall as that horse. Or I guess that horse is almost as short as that goose. Either way. They're almost the same height. And the also, horse's Waffles, name is Waffles. Waffles has a great haircut, too. It's very stylish. Yeah, he does have like a 
like a style yeah. there going there. Mm-hmm. He's really a handsome mini it, horse. It's a handsome mini horse named Waffles. Yeah. I'm just really excited. That just makes me to announce I, I, this. I love un- unlikely animal friends. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever other app you'd like to use. And uh, while you're listening, think about think about somebody you'd like to share this with. Think about somebody special. That you that you wanna that you wanna share our voices with. That's all. <laughs> I don't know what to add to that. What Anthony said. Yeah. Yeah. Share tell with, your friends. Tell your friends. That's how that's how we get new listeners, and yeah. you, can, you can tell more people about all the weird things we we teach you. <laughs> yeah, the, haven't you learned things listening to it? Yeah. I know we've learned things doing this. And too. also, we cured like sixteen diseases during this episode alone. <laughs> Just imagine what we could do. We could do with more people. Yeah. Anyway, you can follow us on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com/slash news and on Twitter at at news. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever other uh, whatever.